Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking. It's big game alert. Monday night on the shores of Lake Erie. Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. Not for the AFC North title, but maybe for the Ravens season. They lose, they're going to have an uphill battle to making the playoffs. The Browns win, they'll be all but clinched in making the playoffs. The Browns riding high. They've earned this spotlight. Uh, by now you know they've also got next week, week 15, the chance to uh, go ahead on Sunday night football and play the Giants. We don't know exactly what the stakes will be. We know the Browns can handle a lot of business and exercise a lot of demons this Monday, quite frankly. Um, going back to week one, the Browns had no business being out there with the Ravens. It wasn't the Browns' fault. It wasn't Kevin Stefanski's fault. The Ravens played like the Ravens do. Since then, the teams have been on completely different trajectories, completely different situations, um, and the Browns are playing well. This is their second four-game win streak of the year. They just handled a back-to-back road situation and handled it really well. Um, They're playing their best ball. Uh, Obviously, Baker Mayfield in the passing game were lights out for a half last week. But the Titans had turned it over five times all year. The Browns forced three turnovers. Um, we know the run drives this thing. You know, it sets up the play action. Titans defenders absolutely frozen. Baker Mayfield throwing bombs over their heads to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Jarvis Landry's healthy. He's balling. Um, Hunt and Chubb are fresh and healthy. The offensive line is absolutely kicking asses. The Browns have a lot to feel good about. Uh, The Browns have played well. And come into this game, it's a different challenge. You know, um, the Ravens have, have had... The major COVID issues, the scheduling issues, the fallout of that. They've had some injury issues. Their offensive line has kind of been in shambles, really. I said patchwork in my most recent story, but shambles since they lost Ronnie Stanley. Um, they've, they've had to shuffle guys in and out. They had a center that couldn't snap it to Lamar Jackson. Um, cost them a game. And, you know, I, I looked watched them the other night against the Cowboys. And, yes, they rolled up a bunch of rushing yards, which everyone does on the Cowboys. Um but, you know, it just took them a while to, to get back to, to any kind of flow, offensively or defensively, and that's understandable. So they've been through a lot with, you know, the 20 guys on the COVID list with, with the scheduling things, with having to go play Pittsburgh with 36 guys, I think it was, in uniform. Boy, that was something. Um, we'll see. But, uh, again, I, you know, I like the Browns' chances. We're recording this on Thursday morning, guys, so there hasn't been an official injury report um, in any way. Uh, because the Browns don't play till Monday. It's a little bit of a different week, but the Browns will be the more rested team. The Browns are the hotter team. Are the Browns the better team? You know, I don't know, uh, and we and we will see. I, I certainly like the, their defensive line's chances. I think, you know, Calais Campbell has not been anywhere near 100%. Brandon Williams has also been in and out of the lineup. The Ravens are still really good defensively, but I think the Browns have a chance to run it right at them and, and set things up. So, um, you know, Marlon Humphrey is is the best corner 
in the division. To me, the second best is Denzel Ward. We don't know on him. You know, he wasn't back for a late practice Wednesday. We will see. Um, it's always scary because Lamar can always create an 80-yard touchdown. Uh, you commit to the run, to the option. You know, you got Mark Andrews, assuming he plays, running down the middle. You got Hollywood Brown who can who can catch those deep ones and turn them into huge plays. So we'll find out here. Um, you know, come Monday night, again, it's it's the kind of game you wait for and you as Browns fans have waited so long. So enough of me rambling. Uh, as always, encourage you to read, to get on board. We appreciate you following, tweeting, listening to this podcast. Um, if you stuck with this team through this, you absolutely deserve to enjoy the little perks of National Spotlight games and, um, you know, being in December playing meaningful games instead of starting coaching searches, all of those things. So um, let's get to breaking down Browns-Ravens Monday night. And enough of just me. I know that's what you're thinking. We go to Baltimore to my partner, my colleague, my friend, Jeff Zrabeck. He's covered the Ravens for a long time. Um, Jeff, interesting times here. Um, I just kind of, as I mentioned above, want to wing it and talk about the game. So I think when you talk about Browns fans and Ravens fans, they obviously know the other teams well. Um, but these are different teams. The Browns are playing well, and the Ravens have really had a hell of a month or, or six weeks and seem to be trending in the, a different direction. So I'm just going to throw out some impressions I have of you. And, you know, if I'm totally way off, which has happened once or twice before, show <laughs> um, me. But the Cowboys game, it, it kind of felt like a preseason game. The Ravens were – you know, just trying to feel their way through, um, you know, get guys back, get back in football mode. You know, do you agree with that? And do you expect them to be much sharper come Monday? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, to me, they look like a tired team too, especially defensively. Um, even some of the guys that, you know, have been there every week, uh, you know, in the secondary, you know, the Marlon Humphreys and the, you know, Marcus Peters and Chuck Clarks, uh, you know, they just look tired to me. Uh, the Ravens secondary, and that's been the strength all year, uh, didn't play very well. And and then there's other guys that clearly need to work themselves back into shape after being on the COVID list for a while. Um, you know, this is an excuse, uh, Zach. No, it's not an excuse. They just haven't practiced a whole lot. You know, some of these guys have practiced once or twice in a month. Um, you know, Calais in particular, uh, not only had COVID and he apparently had, you know, one of the rougher cases on the team, he was really sick, um, but he also has the calf strain. So he wasn't playing even before he had COVID. So you, you couple, uh, it's tough to work your way into shape, back into shape uh, when you're still kind of hampered by an injury and, and you're dealing with the fallout of, of COVID-19. So no, I, you know, I, I think they will be sharper. Uh, you know, it's still a short week uh, for them, but not, not by that big of a deal. You were talking about one, one fewer day, um, you know, and uh, you know, each week I think with Lamar getting back and their offense should be a little sharper. Uh, but you know, it's definitely been an issue. They just, they just look like, uh, you know, everything that's happened to them uh, over the last month or so, not just the COVID stuff, but the losing and the inconsistent practice schedule, and all that, and, and all the weird game days and times. It just looks like it took a toll on them a little bit. But I imagine the Browns will have their full attention. I mean, I'd expect the Ravens to play much better Monday night. Yeah. Uh, I know we're still four days out, but Mark Andrews and, and Judon, do you expect those guys to be back? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys uh, were able to return uh, yesterday. I think the Ravens had a walkthrough. Uh, to, you know, they'll be their first practice will be uh, Thursday. So um, they're going to probably play. And Andrews is a big deal, as we've seen. I know he's hurt the Browns a good bit in the past. And I also think the Ravens will get Willie Sneed back. Um, you know, he's eligible to return from the COVID reserve list today. Um, you know, I haven't heard that he's not gonna, I mean, these aren't guarantees after 10 days, so we'll see about that. Uh, but they're in position to get him back. Uh, so they, you know, again, uh, they got a bunch of guys back last week and, and they get three more big players and Judon Sneed and, and Andrews likely Sneed back this week. So, uh, uh, that should definitely help specifically on offense because, um, you know, uh, they just don't have a whole lot of targets right now. And, and uh, you know, Jackson's favorite two guys have been Snead and Andrews. Andrews is, is huge. I mean, if he's there and he's able to go his full load or even close, I mean, he, he changes everything for that offense and he attacks the weak spot in the Browns defense too. So that, that to me is a really big one. Um, you know, let Jeff, let's go back to November 1st, the loss of Ronnie Stanley. Um, obviously huge player. You know, they lose a game because the center can't get the ball back to the quarterback in new England in, in the weather. Um, you know, what has gone wrong with this offense and, and can they kind of get their groove back? Yeah, you know, uh, Zach, you know, the topic's always going to be the quarterback and that's going to be magnified when you have the reigning league MVP and a guy who's, you know, kind of quickly became one of the faces of the league. Um, but when people ask about the biggest difference between this year and last year, and I'm not saying that uh, Lamar Jackson has played as well. He has definitely regressed in a couple of areas, but the biggest difference is the offensive line. I mean, that last year's group stayed healthy most of the year. Uh, they had a Hall of Famer or likely Hall of Famer at, at right guard, Marshall Yonda. Uh, Ronnie Stanley had a, the best season of his career and was, you know, played better than any left tackle football last year. It was, it was pretty close to a dominant group last year for much of the season. And and that's been a problem this year. You know, the Stanley injury was the biggest blow, no doubt. Um, and Orlando Brown stepped over to left tackle, and he's done a nice job. Uh, you know, he played that position at Oklahoma. Um, he's not Ronnie Stanley, but it hasn't, you know, been a real noticeable drop-off. The issue is, by him moving to left tackle, they, they have no really uh, – tackle depth was their issue. And now, with him moving over to left tackle, they really didn't have – a. a you know, NFL quality starting right tackle, um, you know, once, uh, you know, Brown moved to left side. So they've tried a bunch of things there. Uh, you know, now they're in a rotation uh, between Fluker and um, Tyree Phillips. And, you know, they're just trying to get by. And then the center position's been a, a problem. They never really replaced beyond that right guard. So the, uh, you know, I, I think the Ravens took it to the Browns in week one, Obviously, we all remember the game. Not that that matters this week, two different teams. Uh, but even in that game, I thought the Browns interior uh, beat the Ravens interior pretty soundly. Um, you know, I, in that game, I think the Ravens won because they got some big plays in the passing game. So um, we'll see what happens uh, this uh, this Monday. But uh, that's a group that struggled all year. And the thought of Miles Garrett going against a second or third string tackle has got to be pretty concerning for the Ravens as is some of the interior guys of the Browns uh, who just handled the Ravens in week one. Do you like formula one, but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? 
then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. I don't want to spoil the award-winning AFC North whip around for anybody, <laughs> but I believe I'm picking the Browns to win. And the reason is the Browns defensive line is playing its best and that Ravens offensive line is a mess. And, and I don't know. I, I know, you know, with Lamar Jackson, you're always one cut away from it being a 70 yard touchdown. And I know that the way the Ravens create pressure is, has not been kind to Baker Mayfield. Uh, but I just see Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett taking over the game and putting the Ravens in in tough spots over and over again. Yeah, I mean, and you know, if if we could only get Jay Morrison to send in his answers for the whip around, we'd have it up and we could direct uh, <laughs> the listeners to it. But Jay is uh, dragging a little bit this week. But no, I picked the I picked the Browns too, um, and that's one of the reasons. The other reason, uh, Zach is. You know, you know, you've done it, I'm sure, before, but the Ravens had practice or were supposed to have an open practice Sunday. They wound up canceling it late. But so I got to watch the games, which we don't normally do when you have a standard one o'clock game. Right. And I saw the Browns play and you watch them play and you're like, wow. And then you get some, you know, recency bias and, and you, you forget about some of the games that preceded it. And then you watch the Ravens on Tuesday night kind of with a May performance against a really bad Cowboys team. So I don't know if I'm overreacting to what I've watched in the last three or four days, uh, but you know the Browns just look so sharp offensively, and the Ravens don't, and they really haven't for much of the year. Um, you know they're not running for 300 yards like they did against the Cowboys against Cleveland. Um, so you know Jackson's going to have to make plays with his arm, and they're going to have to make plays in the passing game, um, and they're capable of doing it. They haven't done it consistently enough. So, you know, I think it's going to be a really good game, but, uh, you know, worry, from the Ravens' perspective, uh, you know, they're going to have a lot to handle to try to get after uh, Mayfield and make him make some mistakes. Uh, the Ravens didn't get any pass rush against what was, uh, what's was what been a pretty terrible Cowboys offensive line. Uh, again, their defense just looks tired to me. You, you know, when, when Browns look so sharp offensively, uh, pop some deep plays and, and the play action and all that, and we all know how they can run the ball. Meanwhile, guys like Calais Campbell looks tired. Derek Wolf's been playing way too many snaps because they've been so hurt along the defensive front. He's in there. He's gotten, you know, he's going to get worn down a bit. Um, Brandon Williams just returned, uh, you know, the middle linebacker, Patrick Queen seems to kind of hit a wall a little bit, the rookie wall, he's played a ton of snaps. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out, you know, styles make fights and, and the Ravens have always matched up, you know, well against the Browns in most cases, but, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think the advantage trends in, in the Cleveland direction here. Um, and I'm a little surprised that the, the Ravens are favored in this game. I'm not asking for our Buckeye fan listeners. I'm asking for me. Why the hell isn't J.K. Dobbins the clear number one running back on this team? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you're asking it. Every fan's asking it. 
I think people around the team are asking it. Um, Mark Ingram's a very important personality and, and guy on this team in this locker room. And, you know, all year Greg Roman says, look, we're going to rotate backs. That's the way I like to do it. That's the way I've always done it. Uh, Mark Ingram does certain things that maybe the other guys don't. But it's hard not to wonder, Zach, if this is just a case of them being deferential to a veteran that means a whole lot to a lot of people in that locker room and is, you know, close with Lamar Jackson and is an offensive leader. Um, you know, obviously they trust Mark Ingram on certain stuff. You know, Mark Ingram's, the, you know, been the best guy in blitz pickups and he does still do certain things. But you can't watch that team over the last six, seven weeks watch those backs and think Mark Ingram's even a top two option. I mean, look, Gus Edwards has been great this year. Again, all that guy does is get positive yards. He's not dynamic, uh, but, you know, he averaged over 14 yards a carry against the Cowboys and he gets seven carries. So um, a lot of the talk this year has been, in recent weeks around here has been, why isn't Ingram being phased out? You know, like, why aren't they just going with Dobbins as their one and, and, uh, you know, Gus Edwards is their change of pace physical back. And um, I think they will. And, I, I, you know, Mark Ingram's carries and touches have pretty much gone down throughout the year. Uh, but you wonder if even five or six carries is too many because it takes the ball at Dobbins or Ingram's hands or excuse me, Dobbins or Edwards hands. I mean, Dobbins is one of the most dynamic players they have. Uh, and uh, I think it's long past overdue where, uh, you know, they get him on the field more and get the ball in his hands. Yeah, six is way too many for Ingram. I mean, Browns fans revere Bernie Kosar still too, but the team cut him 27 years ago. So, <laughs> like, eventually it's time to move on. Yeah, and, and look, Ingram's not part of this team's future. I mean, he has <laughs> no. one year left on his contract. He's probably not going to be back. I mean, Justice yeah, Hill, they think, right. can play a little bit. They can't even get the ball in his hands because, you know, you have the three guys in front of him. Justice Hill is a fine number three running back. And they got their three guys next year. Dobbins, Edwards, Justice Hill. It's a position they probably don't even have to address. So uh, this season needs to be – they're in trouble here. They need to win games. And I think their best chance to win games is the, you know, the Dobbins-Edwards combination. Right. Let's go back to the top when you mentioned you don't want to make excuses, but it's just real. They haven't had their guys. They haven't had practice. Um, it takes me back to week one. You don't want to make excuses, but in no way, no how, were the pandemic Cleveland Browns with a new coach and new schemes prepared to play the Baltimore Ravens, right? And, and that bore out. So um, now there's no excuse for as open as Mark Andrews was, <laughs> as Marquise Brown was, but we'll see. Um, I agree. The Browns are a completely different team. The Browns have been the most visually impressive team in the AFC North for a month now. And they're going to seize their moment. Uh, or, or they have a chance to seize their moment. I don't know what's going to happen. What what kind of stock do you put in that the Ravens have been here before, or even that the Ravens are desperate? Because if, if they lose this game, they're probably not getting in, right? So where, where do you think those two things, the experience and the desperation factor, weigh into to everything with Monday's game? I think it helps in some ways for the Ravens, but you know, in a lot of ways, the Ravens have a lot of new guys that, you know, and some of them really haven't been in. I mean, that offense is all young guys. Now, you know, obviously they had the run two years ago in, in Lamar Jackson's rookie year where I think they won seven of eight down the stretch to basically steal a division from the Steelers. And uh, those guys ha ha had that, you know, some of those guys had that experience of, you know, being a must win for all of December pretty much. Um, so, you know, I think that helps a little bit. Um 
And, uh, you know, the veteran coaching staff guys, you know, for all the winning the Ravens have done, they really, other than last year, they've often been in a situation where they've had to win some big games in December to get in. I mean, they, they haven't, you know, boat raced their way through, uh, you know, for the AFC North title and through the, you know, to the playoffs other than last year. So coaching staff's used to this. That should help a little bit, um, getting some guys healthy. Um, but again, it's going to come by, come back to how, how well you're playing uh, on the field. And, and I don't think the Ravens are pressing. I just, as I said, I just think they, they look beat up in certain times and, and they just look taxed to me, you know, I, uh, and uh, we'll see, they have to turn that around quick. Um, but, you know, Fansky's done an unbelievable job with that team. I, I mean, they, everyone keeps, you know, finding excuses why they are winning and, and, yeah, early on they weren't, you know, they were maybe beating some teams, not looking impressive. You know, we get it, but uh, they're building something. They're getting better, and and that performance uh, against the Titans was impressive. Uh, the Ravens are going to have to to measure up to that because we haven't seen, uh, you know, I can't remember the last time Zach maybe in Week One, and you know that's kind of thrown out at this point where the Ravens even showed like a, a complete game. I mean, they they played a great half to beat the Colts. And, uh, you know, there's been times like against the Steelers and Titans where they they look really good at times and should have easily won those games, but they turn the ball over or choke the late lead. So they really haven't put together a complete game uh, to suggest that this is the team peaking at the right time, getting better at the right time. And this is a team ready to make a run. Uh, but, you know, I, I pedigree, I guess, does help a little. We have seen them flip the switch before, uh, but they're going to have to do it pretty quick. All right. Um, it just still feels weird to sit here and talk about both of us <laughs> picking the Browns to win this <laughs> game. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. But let's let's talk about the other side, why, why you would pick the Ravens to win. Um, you know, getting the ball out to the perimeter, specifically with Dobbins, the fact that Andrews might be wide open running down the middle. Uh, you know, Brandon Williams is healthy, right? The, the time last year when, Chubb's, when Chubb ran all over the Ravens, Brandon Williams was not in that game. And I, I think just, just the pressure, right? I, I think the Ravens are who they are in terms of blitzing. That's what gives Baker Mayfield fits. And I think over the past two years specifically, Jeff, we've seen Marlon Humphrey just completely clamp Odell Beckham and Odell's not there. So I think if Marlon Humphrey clamps Jarvis Landry, I think it could be a long night for Mayfield. So what do you think about those thoughts? Yeah, I'm in, really interested to see uh, what Ravens defensive coordinator uh, Wink Martindale does. I, I think, uh, you know, they confuse Mayfield a good bit in week one. I mean, it just kind of started off the first the first third down of that game, you know, the Ravens had spent all this, you know, most of their assets in the offseason on rebuilding their defensive line and their biggest addition with Calais Campbell. And the first third down of that game, they dropped Calais Campbell in coverage. Uh, he got his uh, – Mayfield didn't see him. He got a um, – Calais got his hand on the ball and and Marlon Humphrey picked off the deflection. So that was kind of uh, emblematic of what the Ravens did that day, um, you know, confusing Mayfield a little bit and then, and then getting some pressure the other times. Um, you know, it's just the, – the hope, I think, for the Ravens is that a healthy, revived Lamar Jackson – uh, figure something out here down the stretch. 
and plays more like Lamar Jackson from last year. And we saw it against the Cowboys, and that game is a huge asterisk on it because the Cowboys stink. I mean, the stink. defense – they absolutely stink, and the defense is embarrassing. I mean, you you saw some people there that didn't want, didn't look like they wanted anything to do with getting in on any of the physicality. Um, I guess Troy Aikman made that pretty clear in, in his analysis. Um, so, so that's not the defense they're going to face this week. But we did see some things. Lamar Jackson was, you know, he was looking. But then he was taken off. And for most of the season, he's been passing up running lanes. He's been trying to make tough throws. Mm -hmm. And he did make several in the Browns week one. But otherwise, he really hasn't. And he kind of looks like he's playing with the weight of the world on his shoulders all year. Like he's trying to win the MVP with every throw. Uh, you know, again, against a bad defense, he looked very much settled down. He was running. He looked like he was having fun. Looked closer to the guy that we saw last year. He made some bad throws, uh, but he also made a couple really good ones. So I think the Ravens' hope in this game uh, offensively revolves around Lamar Jackson finding, you know, being closer to his form from last year. And as you mentioned, the defense doing some different things, maybe containing the run a little bit. And then, you know, they have Ngakwe now too, who really hasn't paid immediate dividends, but he can still get after the passer. The Ravens being able to get after Mayfield on third and longs and, and do some different things there. But uh, they're going to have to play a, a much better game than we've seen in several weeks from them to be able to, to win on uh, Monday night. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the Ravens running for 295 against the Cowboys and how that just doesn't happen and it jumps off the page, right? Well, the Browns ran for more than that on the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, you know, the middle linebackers were running away from tackles. It, it was a, yeah. just such a bad look. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've, I noticed that, that I thought Lamar was much more aggressive the other night in looking to create for himself. And, and you know, obviously he takes the 140 yards for a touchdown, but it's not that. It's when he – breaks your will when you think you have him sacked and he gets eight yards right um yeah i mean the ravens don't convert much on third and longs this year that's the problem their running game has not been as effective like last year they were in second and three second and fours the entire season and and they have you right where you want they have you where you they want you uh this year we haven't seen that you've seen one and two yard gains or penalties set them back they've been one of the more penalized teams in the league which is rare under harbaugh we've seen bad snaps and we've just seen them being second and third and long a lot um and that they're not an offense whose passing game other than andrews really uh is going to be capable of picking that up and when teams blanket andrews they just haven't really had an answer on second third and long um we saw the answer a little bit uh, on on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Lamar Jackson was running on third down. He was seeing if he had anything, and then he was taking off. He has not been doing that much this year. Uh, he just looked like he was more just saying, okay, well, this is the way we're going to have to play. If I'm going to have to be more aggressive running the ball, so be it. And that's kind of what fans have been calling for for much of the year. They feel like uh, the Ravens have gotten away, and Jackson in specific. I don't think they've told them not to run, uh, but they feel like they've gotten away from what made their offense uh, way more successful last year. Well, it will be interesting. Um, the Browns have played three bad weather games and two of them in absolute hurricanes. So there's not awful. Um, forecast isn't awful, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. We'll see. Um, Justin Tucker missed a field goal last week, right, uh -huh. that, that he always makes. Um, I expect a fourth quarter game. You know, if the Browns can – if Miles can get a couple early and they can force a couple turnovers, that's been their formula. They need, obviously, to play downhill 
and let Nick Chubb do the heavy lifting and let Baker attack from there. Um, but I expect a close game. I expect an interesting game. The more we talk about it, the more we break it down, Jeff, the more I lean kind of towards the Ravens' big stage experience and, and that they absolutely need this game. But, you know, I think everybody is in agreement that the Browns are playing their best football right now, their best football in years. And, you know, for them to really like last week was, was a statement to the league, like, okay, Hey, we're, we're better than everybody thinks, but for them to really get somewhere, like we know it goes through Pittsburgh and Baltimore and we know 76 to 13, the first time around showed the gap. So there's one way to show that the things have really have changed and that's for the Browns to beat the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I said that exactly in whip last week. I, I, that was a statement game for the Browns and, and they made the statement loud and clear. Um, you know, this, you know, I keep going back to a couple of years ago of Mayfield's rookie year when he played really well in that week 17 game where they almost kept the Ravens out of the playoffs until that Mosley interception. He's played really well against them at times, um, you know, and then other times they've seemed to, uh, confuse them and get to them. I, I don't think – I think the Browns will have success running the ball against the Ravens. I don't know that they're going to run all over them like we saw in Baltimore early last year, like completely dominate the game with the running game. Um, I don't know that I see that, assuming Brandon Williams is healthy and plays and, and um, you know, Calais Campbell plays, which I don't think is a given. I think it's probably likely, but he's clearly not healthy, uh, close to 100%. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think this is an opportunity on the primetime stage. Um, you know, some people still have the Ravens as a, one of the dangerous teams, the teams you don't want to see in the playoffs and a team that could get hot. You don't want to see Lamar come to town with the wild card Ravens. So uh, a dominating performance or, you know, any victory really uh, for Cleveland on Tuesday night, I, I think would only increase, uh, you know, their profile and people's belief in them around the league that they're capable of going into the playoffs and winning, winning when they get there. Read the AFC North whip around, read all the coverage. Uh, this is a huge, huge game. The Ravens are used to it. The Browns are not, but the Browns have earned it here. Uh, as I wrote this morning, Jeff, you know, last year, everybody just kind of decided that the Browns were good. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. it was like the third quarter of the first game and the train was off the tracks. So <laughs> this year they've earned it. You have to feel better about it. Um, it's just a shame you won't have a packed stadium because that atmosphere would be unreal but it's a huge game for both teams and again you know who knows where it goes the Browns have certainly benefited from who they've played and you know this this injection but you never apologize um for you know for playing the Cowboys right and playing the Jaguars and if you can end the Ravens then that adds much more sense of legitimacy to what you've done to me than beating the Titans or Colts does that's just how it is so thank you guys for listening uh, thanks for sticking with us. Again, he's Jeff Zurieback. I'm Zach Jackson. This has been Civilized Barking. We'll be back uh, with the post-game episode available for you Tuesday morning or hell, Monday night, because I know if the Browns win, you guys are staying up all night. So we'll talk to you then.